0: Let's pray together, shall we? Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are and what you've done. We thank you that you are the floor, the foundation for our life when any storm comes our way. We pray for those people who are dealing with the storms of fires that have ravaged towns in this state and have taken lives and have destroyed dreams. We pray for those people and and pray may your grace be in their life and may they... Truly sense your presence at work, bringing bringing beauty from the ashes. We pray for those people who are having the storms as a result of the shooting in Thousand Oaks and, and the lives that were lost there, and in the senseless violence. Lord, we pray that that you would be with those families and that you would be their hope in the midst of that storm. And whoever's suffering from a storm in their life, Lord, we are experiencing one. We pray for them, whether it's sickness or or financial crisis, or the loss of a loved one. Each one of us has storms that we are experiencing, God, but we know that you are good, and you you pronounce your good over our life and assure us that you will be good and bring good things from it. So we praise you, God, and pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people say, amen. Please have a seat. Oh, my goodness! Well, happy Veterans Sunday, and uh, Ben's dad is trying to sneak off the stage. you know we want to thank him for his service. He's he served in Vietnam and played played on the bongos. He's an amazing guy, and um, there's a lot of people here who have come because they want to lift up others and they want to celebrate uh, what God has done in and through the lives of other people. We're so thankful to God for all of the the things that we experience uh, as a result of the sacrifices that God has compelled people to provide. Uh, they've laid down their lives in different ways so that we could experience joy. that, that this, this thing, this thing called church, is a result of sacrifice. And so today we're thanking those people, and we thought, what better way to truly res, you know, respond and respect their sacrifice than for the staff this last week. We all made a commitment, the whole staff, we we decided that we would go to the army recruiter right next door and that we would sign up for the army. I just want to show you what happened. So, let's see if they took we were us. Let's see. That what better way to honor our veterans than to sign up for the army. It's um, tough. and I so, you know, I'm 41. He's almost 40. I'm, She's she 32. 29, 29. And we were thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were thinking this is easy. Yeah. Just wanted to show we could do this. It's not a big deal, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we're going to go across the street and visit our buddies at the Army and Marines, so <laughs> Hey, how are you doing? So uh we heard this is a recruiting office. <laughs> so uh we're not sure if this is a good space. Uh can we can we can we sign up? Yeah 400 pound tire under tire, tire under the big tire, big one. one, and introduced them to some muscle ups, and some tire flips, and some overheads, some overheads, I don't know. Don't <laughs> hurt them, <laughs> don't hurt them, <laughs> are you guys ready? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Or what? I'm <laughs> We'll okay. this tire outside. Oh, is that where we're going? Yep. Of oh. course. Cool. We're, we're skipping oh. the push-ups. <laughs> exactly. A little later. Oh. <laughs> No That's like, We're going to Tubin! Alright, let's go first. If you- Sit, go, oh, here it way, here, oh! oh. We're, you, doing? we're doing some- we're doing drills over here but if while we do this drill, could you have him turn around so that he can't watch us so that we could do, mm-hmm. so this this guy, you're gonna have him look that way in the parking lot so he can't see us doing the drill because we're kinda tired and I don't think we can make it. Oh, okay. Okay, okay tell us when to go. Okay. <laughs> Since I was distracted for some reason, we're, we're going to modify the next round. Okay. just like that. So, Mark, this is Mark, he's the commander at the recruiting station. And, as I'm doing these, I'm reminded that post-traumatic stress disorder takes a lot of men's lives, and I've heard there's a number every day. Every day, 22. Um. 22 is the number nationally average of a combat veteran who commits suicide on a given basis. Men and women. Men and women, Marine, Sailor, Post Guardsman, Army Soldier, National Guardsman, anything. Air Force, on average, 22 a day. So the combat doesn't stop. Combat never stops. It can, if if you have the tools in place to help with it. So I I don't think I can do any more, but I think we should do twenty two more if we can. Can you do it? Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. Are yeah. you <laughs> good? All right, <laughs> thank you. That was fun, huh? Oh, my goodness, thank you for the. Thank you for this opportunity. We're so thankful to Mark and the guys over at the uh, Army Recruiting Center. Uh, they didn't accept our application, so uh, we're ba- you're stuck with us. So for those of you that were hopeful, uh, today is Veterans Day, and we do have a special message uh, for the veterans. But in a way, it's a message for each one of us. So I pray that this this uh, scripture would speak to your heart and and change how you see sacrifice and change how you think about what it means to 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 sacrifice to truly lay down your life for another and so this is the scripture and it comes from romans chapter 12 verse 1 and it starts with these words so brothers and sisters because of god's mercies i encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to god this is your appropriate priestly service wow that's pretty big don't be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Now, when I talked to veterans in this congregation about Veterans Day and celebrating their service, a lot of them said, you know what, you really shouldn't lift me up because I didn't pay the ultimate price. I, did not, um, I, didn't, I didn't offer the greatest sacrifice anyone can ever give. Uh, uh, one veteran in our congregation texted me these words this last week. He said, it's a little quote that he says that um, all give some and some give all. Does that make sense? And then I thought about that, that little saying and there was another quote that popped in my head that also speaks into this tension. And it is that living should not be harder than dying. And the reason that quote matters so much is because they're saying that living shouldn't be harder than dying. And sometimes it just is. That sometimes the greatest battle is in front of you. Sometimes the very act of living out our lives is so difficult and so hard. And I actually believe that it would be helpful for us to understand a little bit about who the author of this beautiful scripture is. It was a man named Paul. Now, when you think about the great warriors of the Bible, you don't oftentimes think about Paul. You think about King David or Solomon or uh, Samson, but you don't think about Paul. And that's because technically he wasn't a warrior. He wasn't officially uh, registered with the army recruiter. He was what you would call today a contractor. Does that make sense? Working in a conflict zone. He was somebody who was assisting the powers that be in keeping the peace. Because at the time, there was an insurgent group of people who followed a new king that they pledged their 100% allegiance to that wasn't the emperor of Rome. And his name was Jesus Christ. And so Paul's job was to tamp down this insurgency and he had troops at his command and they would arrest people and put them into prison and he would keep the order, the established order or the desired order. And Paul, one day on his... And he was very good at it. But one day on his way to Damascus to go arrest people, he had papers to arrest them. He actually uh, encountered the very presence of Jesus that said, Saul, which is Paul's other name, his Hebrew name instead of his Greek name. Most people had two names. Uh, most of the Jews did. They had one for um, their community and one for trade or, or transactions. And so his, uh, he heard the voice of Jesus saying, Saul... In his Hebrew name Saul. Why do you persecute me? Now I don't know about you, but that would be a pretty immediate transformation in my life if I actually heard the voice of Jesus speaking to me out of a blinding light in the middle of a road down a desert road. That would that that would that would be helpful, probably. And so Paul then transforms his whole life, but he doesn't leave his service. He continues in service to a king, and the king is Jesus now for Paul. And you 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 honestly would kind of be hard-pressed to say that his life serving as a contractor with troops at his command was harder than his life serving Jesus. See, Paul had a difficult, difficult journey um, in his life. And he was a true warrior in every, sus- every sense of the word. Uh, one of the things that he said in the scripture we just read is present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. You know, a lot of people tend to think that the only sacrifice that can be made is one that, that is absolutely ending your life so that something new can happen. But Paul is actually saying to these people who might have come under the con- conception that, that the only way that they could truly be a Christ follower or truly defend the king of, kingdom of Jesus was to die, Paul says, no, actually one of the greatest ways you can sacrifice is to live, to be stubborn about living, and to live despite the hopelessness that sometimes exists. And to fight the good fight. Do you ever remember those words, fight the good fight? Yeah. Those were Paul. Paul said those words, fight the good fight. He was stirring up the hearts of these people in Rome with these words that he was speaking uh, and writing into their life. And so then Paul, he also in this scripture talks about discerning the will of God. He says, now you must, you must present your bodies as a living sacrifice so that you may discern and figure out what God's will is. Now, discerning the will of God at first seems like something that might be easy. But the real truth is that there are some truths, some areas where black and white is so easy to figure out, right? You know this is evil, you know that that is good. You know this is evil, you know that it's good. But the reality is that sometimes in life there is tension. That figuring out what God's will is is difficult, and it's hard, and it's nuanced, and it's a struggle, and that we're called into it. I always say that in ministry, I don't believe my job is to relieve that tension in your life. It's actually to say, good job, you're in the tension. Figure it out. See, this tension is what God calls us into, and it's this relationship of trying to figure out what God's will is. Because Paul says there are certain patterns of the world that would try to confuse us. There are things happening in the world. There are voices. There, are e- there is evil in the world that would seek for us to be confused about what's right and what's wrong. So Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can discern what is good and right and discern the will of God. Now, Paul doesn't stop there. This is where his message really kicks off. And he says these words, because of the grace God gave me, so he's not not speaking out of pompousness or saying that he's got it all right. He's saying, okay, I have some grace in my life so I can extend this to you. He says, I say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable, since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you. Now, okay, have you ever had anyone in your life say, you're holier than thou? Never. Have you ever seen somebody else in your life and said, that person thinks they're holier than thou? Have you ever thought that? No? No. Okay, you don't know what I'm talking about. Let's let's talk about something different then. (laughs) There are people, right, that, that, that actually think they have it all together. One of, um, and I may sound like I feel like I have it all together. I don't. I'm just preaching what is in the gospel, and, then, and, go, and it's holding me accountable too. I go, ooh, that's tough. I'm going to have to live that out now, right? So, so one of my favorite quotes is from Rick Warren, and he says, you know what? Um, you're right in believing that, that you're not better than anybody else. But because of the grace of Jesus Christ, you're no worse than anybody else also. You see, sometimes we get caught in this little trap of thinking that we're only, only no better than anybody else, but also then we find ourselves so destroyed by this knowledge that we forget that because of the grace of Jesus, because of the forgiveness that we have in Jesus, we're no worse than anybody else either. And because of the love of Jesus. And so one of the, one of this um, beautiful, beautiful ideas about, um, about, being a sacrifice or a living sacrifice and being called into priestly service. Paul says these words. He says, you're called into priestly service. Live as a living sacrifice. Be holy. Can you, can you hear all that? Could actually fluff you up quite a bit. Like, hmm, I'm pretty important. So Paul gives this list of all these different qualities and traits that people possess. Some people have, uh, prophesy and because they're prophets. Some people teach because they're teachers. Some people exhort because they're exhorters. Some people lead with diligence and so on. But he says, you know what? We tend to think that there's one role in society. We tend to think that, you know, serving in the military or taking out the trash, those things are not on the same level, that they're not equally important, but they are because society itself will will completely fall apart if, if the trash doesn't get picked up. And so we need to understand that the role that we have is not more important or less important than anybody else's role in the world. And you'll find this in the act of service. People who serve in our armed forces know that their role is essential to the accomplishment of the mission. And each one of us, whatever your job is, the job that you have been given is essential to the accomplishment of Jesus' mission in this world. Isn't that a beautiful idea? So one of the things that I want you to start thinking about is Paul again. Paul was a wounded warrior, Do you know what what, what, what Wounded Warriors is? It's a fantastic charity to help people who come back from war to help them uh, become reestablished and find their footing again. And so, um, Paul, when he signed up for the service of Jesus, he encountered so much persecution. He was beaten, he was tortured. Uh, one of the ways that they tried to kill him was by taking him outside of the city gates and they would take little stones about the size of, you know, an egg and they would throw them at him, hundreds of people throwing, maybe dozens, maybe hundreds of people, but they would throw the stones at him until he would hopefully die. And at one point they thought that he was completely dead, so they left him there and they said, woo, we got that Paul guy out of the way. Then he got up and he got back to work. Then he was imprisoned, and he was imprisoned again. See, this man, Paul, endured so much. And what he's writing to the people in Rome, these words are written from the the hand of a man who had experienced so many wounds as a result of his service, who had been so broken down. And he knew that the people who were going to be signing up as part of this insurgent revolt to follow Jesus would need the words of encouragement that he had from the place of wisdom that he had because he had served and experienced these things. And so um, one of the other things I think Paul is saying that you need to hear is care for one another. Paul wants us to know that we're not independent, that, that, that the things that you do in your life don't only impact you. They impact others. So if you neglect the job that God has placed on your heart to do, then, or God has called you to do within the church or within the community or society or the school or whatever else it is, you are actually causing, uh, causing damage to the body. And, and actually, your, your job is so important that when you fulfill that job, you are you're helping the body to be more healthy, helping the whole community to be more healthy. And so, this is what Paul says to, to people who hear those words. And this is the, the best part of the whole scripture today. It says these words Love should be shown without pretending. Just let that soak in for a second. Love should show, be sh- shown without pretending. Hate evil and hold, fat, hold on to what is good. Love each other like members of your family and be best, be the best at showing honor to each other. Should you be second and best at showing honor to each other? No, you're supposed to be the best. You're going to turn to your neighbor and... No, you don't have to do this right now because that's awkward sometimes. But just say, just think about it. Just be like on the way home today. You might say, you know what? I'm going to beat you at showing honor to you. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite in the spirit of what he's talking about. But, but it's about being the best at showing honor. I'm going I'm to outdo you in lifting you up and, and helping you to realize how special you are and how good you are and how much God loves you. I'm gonna do that to you more than I think you could do it to me. And if we enter into that holy competition, it's game over. And one of the things that um, Paul is talking about is living with gratefulness or thankfulness. A lot of people say, hey, you know what? I don't want you to thank me. I don't want you to lift me up. I don't want you to like go out of your way or, or, or put me on display or say, hey, good job. And I say, you know, that's really good. That's really in the spirit of Jesus Christ. But what they're not understanding is that the reason I'm thanking them is not for them; it's for me. So next time someone says, "Don't thank me," say, "I'm not thanking you for you. I'm thanking you for me. Because if I don't thank you, then I'm not going to live a happy life." Have you ever had a had a, someone do something amazing in your life and forget to write a thank you card or even say thank you, and then weeks pass, and then a month pass, and then a year passes, and it's just really awkward. And there's kind of like this pain in your heart and the separation in your relationship. And you go, gosh, I wish I had just said thank you. See, when you say thank you to someone else, there's this healing, this hope that exists in your life. Now, before we barrel forward, I don't want you to miss this beautiful um, words that Paul said. And I want to jump right back to the scripture that we were looking at before. It says these words, um, to be happy in hope. Be happy in your hope. It's the next scripture. You got it almost there? But Okay, this one. Be happy in hope. You ever hear a lot of people say, well, you know what? Things are crummy right now, so I shouldn't be happy, right? And they're right. Paul's saying that is psychologically healthy. <laughs> you, you know, it's weird when people are like walking around all happy and like things aren't happy. That's good. Bible tells us to, to cry with others, to weep with others, and Paul actually says that in the next chapter of Romans. But he does say that if you're looking for your happiness and you can't find it in the present circumstances, you need to have happiness in the future. You need to have happiness that there is a hopeful future, that there is great hope. I ran into a guy downtown. He's a devout Christian. He told me himself. And he said, You know what? This whole world is just so terrible, and it's, Oh, I'm so miserable, and I have no, I'm just not happy. And I was like, You know what? How can can you not be happy in the hope that you know the outcome of what's gonna happen? There really is no, when I was talking to this man, I was realizing there is no room for pessimism in the hearts of Christ followers because we know the outcome. We know the end. We know that love wins. We know how this thing's gonna turn out. We have that confidence so anybody who says, I don't know, I don't think it's going in a good direction, say, just watch and wait and see. God will bring this one through. I guarantee it. And so you're happy in hope, and the next part, is says, it says, um, persevere, or, or, um, persevere in your sufferings. A- another way that it says it is, uh, stand your ground when you're in trouble. You know, sometimes in life, you, kind of, you, you, you are in a terrible situation but you need to remember that you just have to wait it out. You have to wait it out and find your foundation on the cornerstone of Jesus and just wait it out because it's not the final. And then the last piece is devote yourself in prayer. How many people are devoted to something like, I'm devoted to eating ice cream and watching Netflix. Anybody else devoted to anything else? Okay, I see like some amens from the back. Yes. So what are you devoted to? Are you devoted to your job? Are you devoted to your kids? Are you devoted to fixing your car? Are you devoted to, to uh, watching the news, politics, for whatever reason? You can't do anything about it, but whatever. Um, you can watch it. It's called, it's called watching the news, not inter- interacting with it. It's just watching it. Whatever you're devoted to, a lot of people are devoted to different things. Every one of us is devoted to something. Can you imagine if you were as devoted to praying as you were to those other things in your life? That's what Paul is calling us into uh, a, a, an experience of devotion to prayer. It's a beautiful image. And then um, this is how Paul finishes the scripture. He says, Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Can I hear a wahoo? Woohoo. Okay, some of you hesitated. Just a note, just saying. But the rest of you, you didn't hesitate. Now, that's not an A or F degrade, but, but that, Paul is saying, Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Let's try it again. Hear a wahoo, right? There you go. That's an enthusiastic wahoo. It feels good, right? Some people are like, that was terrible. I don't ever want to do that again. That's okay. It feels good. You know it. Um, Paul says, to be on fire in the Spirit as you serve the Lord. Have you ever been into a 9 o'clock in the morning meeting without a cup of coffee and a little bit of a cold and thought, how am I supposed to be enthusiastic right now? How am I supposed to be on fire with the Spirit of the Lord? Let, let me... Let me help you with that. It's a miracle, by the way. It says by the power of the Spirit. So turn to God and say, God, help me to be on fire. Help me to have enthusiasm about the job that I have. And um, be happy. Oh, what? this is good. I think I'd been jumping all over the scripture today. Did I jump to this one earlier? Sorry about that. No, we're, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Al said, You're doing good. Oh, thanks, Al. <laughs> He's a very enthusiastic person. Um, be enthusiastic with passion. Now, I think that sometimes in in life we tend to uh, think that halfway is enough, and that that just kind of doing a job to the amount we'd like to do it, or 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 um, kind of just getting through life is is good enough. Paul says that. God is not calling you into a place of getting through life, of just trying to make it to another day. Obviously, that is the battle that so many of us face because of the post-traumatic stress disorder or the wounds that we carry from whatever battles we've experienced of the past. Those are real and they're poignant and they're heavy in their heart. But Paul is saying what God is calling you into is to an experience of vitality. And, And is it... It's not something that necessarily exists as a result of the condition that we live in. And if you're not experiencing that happiness and you're like, gosh, you know what? I hear you saying you have to be happy, la la, all the time. No, that's not what we're talking about. But when you are without happiness and you're searching for that happiness, you now know where to find it in the hope of the future, of what is to come. And and when you're searching for that enthusiasm and you're wondering, why is it that I'm not just making it through life, you can remember that this life is a battle. And then sometimes laying down your life as a sacrifice is something that you do as a living sacrifice. See, Paul was talking to a bunch of believers that thought the only way to sacrifice was the way Jesus sacrificed and totally on the cross and to die. If you didn't do that, then that wasn't a sacrificial life. Sometimes the greatest sacrifice you can make is to live in stubbornness, in a stubborn hope and joy about what God is going to do. And so I want you to remember these things. The first is to be on fire. To don't hesitate to show your enthusiasm. If you don't have it, don't show it because Paul says don't fake your love, right? <laughs> but don't hesitate to show your enthusiasm and be thankful. Be thankful because it is the path to a happy heart and a full life. And finally, to, uh, to offer your body and your mind and your soul as a living sacrifice. Sometimes that is the greatest battle. And God would be saying good job to you for living, living out that sacrifice every single day of your life. And keep it up because it's worth it. Because you're, you're fulfilling an essential function in this world. And that you're interconnected and that you matter to others. And that God has a specific mission to bring about in and through your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you you are about to do. Even in this room, as some people are starting to realize that they may have not expressed their enthusiasm for you. We pray, God, that each one of us would become more courageous about laying down our life, laying down our pride, laying down our self-esteem, To do things that are out of character and out of sync with the patterns of this world. But that by the power of your spirit there can be a renewing and transforming of our minds into a a person that we wouldn't hardly even recognize. Someone that that is enthusiastic. Someone that outdoes others in showing honor. That that lives a life of gratitude. So God we pray that that your spirit would start to to do things that would cause that fire in our soul to, to take, to take life and, to, and, and to, to begin to transform not just our bodies and minds but the lives of others around us who are feeling brokenhearted and down and don't know if there's hope. So may we, by only a miracle of your spirit, become beacons of hope in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in this world which is experiencing storms and, and tragedies left, right, and center. Help us to be your hands and feet to these people and to experience the joy of of being a part of your mission to bring about this beautiful kingdom of peace and love and hope. And we praise you, God. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.